Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. sang that song about 40 years ago. <laughs> he said, well, maybe you could. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't remember the words, but uh, uh, some of you may, may know the song. It's uh, entitled He. And um, the, uh, the refrain there is that, and though it makes him sad to see the way we live, he'll always say, I forgive. And uh, that has much to do with our our message today. You know, after that beautiful piece, I ought to be able to, to preach. <laughs> so I'd like you to turn in your Bibles uh, to the book of Matthew as we continue looking through the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 4, please. Matthew chapter 4. And we're looking at the, the ministry of the Lord Jesus in Galilee. And, of course, Jesus was called a Galilean. He grew up in the, uh, in the city of Nazareth, you'll recall, after the, uh, they had come back from, from Egypt and they went and stayed in, uh, in Nazareth. But uh, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in, in prayer. And then we'll begin reading. Our Father and God, again, we come to you. We ask your blessing upon our time together as we study your holy word. As we learn more and more about the Lord Jesus. About his beautiful life. His wondrous love and the amazing grace. Lord, again, we ask for anyone here today, struggling, whatever that struggle might be, that they will come to know the peace that only Jesus can give. And, O oh Lord, we pray that our hearts will be receptive to your Holy Spirit as you speak to us and as you draw us to you. Open our understanding, illuminate our hearts, our minds, our spirits. And then, Lord, when we leave this place, we pray that we will take what we've learned and apply it to the benefit of the kingdom of God, to the glory of the Lord Jesus. Again, we thank you for the wonderful privilege of being your children and of knowing you as our Savior, our Lord, our King, and our God. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 12. 
Now when Jesus heard that John, that is John the Baptist, had been put into prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Amen. Now, when you're reading and studying the Bible, and I would encourage you, I've said this before and I'll keep saying it, hopefully, I encourage you to set a goal of reading through the Bible in a year. And you can do that by reading three to four chapters each day. And it's not so difficult to do. It only takes a few minutes really to read through one chapter. And so you can read a chapter or two in the morning, then a chapter or two in the afternoon, maybe a chapter or two in the evening. And if you do that for an entire year, you will read through the entire Bible in one year. So I would encourage you to do that. But something that you'll discover about the Bible, the Bible is very organized. God is very organized. And what we have here in the, uh, the book of Matthew, Matthew, uh, you'll recall, of course, is one of the 12 apostles, also referred to as a disciple. Now, a disciple is a learner. We're all disciples of the Lord, all right? But Matthew, as uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John, as we've read here, they had a very unique calling in that they were apostles. Now, there are some people today who, who want to be called an apostle, but they, there's one qualification that they can't meet, you see, because over in the book of Acts, it, it gives the qualifications for someone to be an apostle. And one of those things was they had to actually see Jesus in the flesh, all right? They had to actually see him. And that's why the apostle Paul refers to himself as an apostle as one born out of time. Because you'll recall that the Lord appeared to him 
when he was on the road to Damascus after he had already ascended back to heaven. And he appeared to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. But I say all that to say this now. Matthew, his Hebrew name is actually um, Levi, or Levi as we would pronounce it in, in English. He was a tax collector. So, so Matthew was used to keeping accounts. You follow? He kept records, tax records. Now, what you're going to see also here is that there are those, uh, some people who preach that, that the apostles were all these poor guys. That is not correct. As a tax collector, what do we know about tax collectors back in those days? Well, they were wealthy. They were among some of the wealthiest. And they were despised. They were looked down upon by, by others in, in society. They were looked upon as though they were traitors to, to the Jews. But they were taking the part of the Romans against the Jews by collecting taxes. But I say all that to say this. In this fourth chapter, what we have is a brief summary of what is to come in the book of Matthew. You see, the beginning of the Lord's ministry, his earthly ministry, occurs here in Galilee, the region of, of Galilee, and he sets up his home base there in, in Capernaum, which was a, a, a larger city than Nazareth. Nazareth was, was just a very small, what was considered a very small and insignificant town. And I got to thinking about that, you know, and thinking about that and considering that. Well, you see, Jesus was growing during those first 30 years there in Nazareth. He was not to be disturbed, so to speak. Years of preparation. And when the timing was right, he came forth. Now, the Bible tells us, as we've read, after John was put into prison. And you'll recall that John was put into prison. Why? Because he dared to preach the truth. In our lesson in Sunday school this morning, we talked about values. And we all have differing values. But yet as God's children, our values should be consistent with his values. You follow? Now we're going to have some things that we value. I, I mentioned about this, this hoe that I had that belonged to my father. I mean, if you looked at it, it's not much to look at. Okay, You know, the handle is old and, and wearing away. But the, uh, the head, you know, the blade is still intact. And stamped on there is made in the USA. <laughs> Those things are hard to come by these days. But it's an old, old, big, big hoe. And it works well. And I can remember my father, you know, filing that thing to keep it sharp. Well, it has value to me. You know, but to the guy next door, he probably said, well, you know, we had to put that in the yard sale. Maybe we can get 50 cents for it. But our values should be consistent with God's values. And so what Matthew does for us here is he gives us an introduction, if you will, as to what the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be like. 
And so first of all, Jesus fulfills Scripture. All of his life fulfills Scripture. His coming fulfills Scripture. And his life and his teaching fulfills Scripture, as we just read. Jesus leaves his home in Nazareth, and then he sets his home base in Capernaum, and then notice, see there, the light is dawned. He is the light. Jesus is himself the light. And he is referred to as the light of the world in John 8, verse 12, in the Gospel of John. But light also is used to contrast knowledge and ignorance, obedience and disobedience. Light is like knowledge. Darkness is like ignorance. And it's contrasted, you see, because Jesus came to bring light. That is, he came to bring understanding. He came to illuminate, that is, to bring light or understanding to the human heart and mind regarding the nature of God the Father. You'll recall when one of the disciples said, Lord, show us the Father, how did Jesus respond? Have I been with you such a long time and have you not known? You see, Jesus, the Bible says in him, is the fullness of the Godhead because he is God the Son. And his nature is one with the nature of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. What can be known of God is discovered in him. You want to know what God the Father is like? Look at Jesus Christ the Son. He is the express image of the Father. Now, the message that Jesus preached, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or near, or here. See, he is the king of the kingdom. But what does this word repent mean? We, we read it, and sometimes we don't quite understand what it means. And we've mentioned it several times. It means to agree with God to the point that you're willing to change your mind, your heart attitude, your outlook, agree that God is correct, and that we as humans have it all mixed up. Again, that lesson this morning we talked about values. Some people value pleasure and comfort more than they value God. They'd rather be popular with the crowd. Come on in, come on. They'd rather be popular with the crowd instead of popular, if you will, with God. The Bible says there are many who are men-pleasers. And the Apostle Paul said, I don't preach to please men. If I preached to please men, I wouldn't preach this way. You follow? Jesus said, repent. Change your heart. Change your mind. Agree with God. Embrace His truth. Live for Him. So then he goes on and he, 
he calls his first disciples. And as we've mentioned, the term disciple means learner or follower. And so the first that are called are Peter and his brother Andrew, James, and John. Now this wasn't the first encounter. Over in John chapter 1, you can read of the, the actual first encounter that he had with, uh, with uh, Andrew and Peter and such. But he calls Peter and Andrew and James and John, and they were hardworking fishermen. In other words, they, these weren't lazy guys. These weren't guys sitting at home waiting for the welfare check. You follow? Or for the stimulus check. Okay. Now, I, 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 I don't mind getting a check in the mail either. Okay. All right. But I was also taught that you should work. You follow? Yes, that, that you should work and that you should, you should earn your living. And I was fortunate in that uh, my, my father had a nursery. So, you know, a family business. And, and uh, I didn't feel like I was real fortunate, though, you know, when I had to get up early before school and work and then go to school. And, and then after getting home from school, I had to work again. Oh, but those were great lessons. Oh, for to live one more of those days. To work. And the Bible actually says this, you know, and this really surprises lots of people. They say, oh, that's in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. It says, the person who doesn't work shouldn't eat. Maybe the government should read that verse. <laughs> the person who doesn't work shouldn't eat. Now, they're all... They're, many different types of work, but these guys were hard-working fishermen. They were industrious. They had their own business. And there are many people who, who will preach or teach and justify laziness by saying that the apostles were poor. They, they were not poor. They were industrious and they were hard-working. They were not lazy. And notice, Jesus calls them and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He takes that talent that they have. You follow? That ability. Their knack for catching fish to provide a way of life for themselves and for their families. And he says, I can use that talent that occupational talent that you have to benefit the kingdom of God. Every person in this room has talent. Every person in this room has been gifted by God in very wonderful ways. Now, you may not be able to play the piano like Miss Ginger. <laughs> but if you do, speak up. We'll give you an opportunity to play. <laughs> But you have a talent. You have, you have abilities that have been given to you by God. And he intends for you to use those. Now notice, he calls them, follow me. 
And Matthew is very careful to, to give this account immediately. You follow? Immediately. Now here's the question. What is the cost of discipleship? Jesus put it this way. We must be willing to bear the cross daily. Amen? Notice they didn't make any excuses. They didn't say, well, well, well what about our stuff? Wait a minute, we, we've got some nets here. We it says they, they left all. They left their nets, boats, and John and, and James, they, they left their dad. Now I wonder... Their dad might have been wondering, where are these boys going? Who's going to help me catch these fish? It says immediately. So what is the cost, then, of discipleship? That's a question you'll have to ask yourself. Am I willing to pay the cost to follow the Lord? Well, what was the nature of of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Well, the ministry of Jesus included the following characteristics. One, notice that it says he taught the people. So look there at that, at that verse, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Now one of the things that we do oftentimes when we're reading the Bible, we'll just read right through and we won't take time to stop and study each individual point. So Jesus' ministry included teaching. As a matter of fact, over in the book of Ephesians, in the list of, the, of some of the spiritual gifts with respect to positions in churches that God has given to us, one of the qualifications of a pastor is they must be a teacher also. They must be able to teach. Someone has said, well, anybody can stand up and hoot and holler. <laughs> but you must also be able to teach. See, the ministry of the Lord Jesus included teaching. He is the masterful teacher, the ultimate teacher. And by His Spirit, by God the Holy Spirit, He teaches us, each one of us, to understand the Word and to explain the Word and to, to apply the Word. He is the one who empowers the Word and who gave the Word. Jesus taught the people. And Jesus is the prophet of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke of the coming prophet and you can read of that in Deuteronomy 18. And notice, not only did he teach, and that's, and that's coming. And next week as we begin to look at the Sermon on the Mountain and some of the other things. He also preached. He also preached. That is to proclaim. And, and he preached the gospel of the kingdom. Now, this word gospel is actually an Anglo-Saxon term. But don't tell anybody because then they'll accuse us of being European supremacists. Right? The Anglos, right? Anglo-Saxon, right? From Europe. But it's an Anglo-Saxon term. 
and it means good news. That's American English for you, all right? The gospel, it comes from the Greek word evangelion, where we get our word also evangelism, you see? All of these words, they have roots and, you know, origins. But he preached the good news. Well, what is the good news? God loves the human race. God loves you and me. God loves everybody. The rich and the poor, the schooled and the unschooled, the influential and the uninfluential, the power brokers and those who have no power. He loves everyone. Yes, he loves the sinner. Jesus preached the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Long ago, the Southern Baptist Convention had this, they had this push all throughout the United States. They, they published this little New Testament and they distributed those throughout the entire United States and churches were to go throughout the neighborhoods, house to house, door to door with this New Testament. And on the front, it, it, it had this statement, here's hope. Jesus cares for you. And sadly, in many churches, those things just remained in the boxes. Because the cost of discipleship for some is, is too costly. Now notice, not only did Jesus teach and not only did Jesus preach, but he also healed people. Now, God has the power to heal, and he does heal. And there are too many Christians who refuse to believe in healing. But that is not to say that the Lord is against doctors. Because Jesus himself said, he who is sick needs a what? Physician. Right? And not those who are healthy, they, they need no physician. But then, of course, he, then he, he put a spin on that. He said, I've come to call right, sinners to repentance. You see? Because we're all diseased with the disease of sin. And if you separate that word dis-ease, or in other words, we're not at ease. Well, some people are they're, they're living on easy street. <laughs> That they have no time, time for God. But Jesus healed people. And now why did Jesus heal these people? And we're going to see that as we go through the, the Gospel of Matthew. Because he came in fulfillment of the prophecies that he would come into the world and deliver the human race. But he also demonstrated who he was and is with power. The power of the Spirit of God. And he healed people of all different kinds of sicknesses and diseases. He demonstrated his divine messiahship. Because he is the Son of God and the Lord of life. Amen. Now notice something also characteristic about the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Multitudes of people responded. Multitudes. Large crowds would gather 
Large numbers of people came to Jesus. And, and they didn't come alone. It says they brought others with them. Now, earlier I encouraged you to read your Bibles through in the year. And so I want to reiterate that. But also, I want to encourage you. So you get off track. And you fall behind. Well, guess what? You can just start up again. Right? I remember one time I set out to read the Bible through, and it ended up taking me like three or four years. But that's okay. Better to read it through in three or four years than to not read it through at all. You follow? But here's the other challenge that I have for you. I want to, to challenge you and to encourage you this year to bring one person, one person to church. One person. Lead one person to Christ. Just one in a year. And bring them here to church with you. Now you may have to drive across town to get them, but that's okay. Bring one. Just one. Maybe the person is in your own family or a neighbor, whoever it is. Pray about it. Pray and and. and Lift them up to the Lord. Do you believe that God has the power to save them? Because he does. And do you believe that God loves them and cares for them? Yes, he does. They brought their friends and their family members to the Lord because they cared about them and they wanted them to be touched by Jesus. Without excuse. They brought one. And oftentimes when we, we give that challenge to folks, they'll say, well, but you know, they're this way and they're that way. And, and do you think that, that God doesn't know that they're this way and that way? He knows all about this way and that way and all the other ways too. But here's the other thing. He loves them. Now notice... Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. Syria is north of Israel. Went through all Israel, all into, into Syria. And then verse 25, great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis. Decapolis is, is uh, it's a word that actually describes a location of ten cities. Deca is is the Latin for ten. And polis for city. So ten cities. Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And this included not just Jewish people, but also Gentiles. As a matter of fact, it's estimated that approximately 50% of the people who lived in those regions were Gentiles. Or in other words, Jesus loved all people. All ethnic groups. Everyone matters to God. And he knows all about your friends and your family. And he wants you to pray for them. He wants you to share his message with them. What do we learn from these passages? Well, God's word will be fulfilled. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? 
Turn to Isaiah chapter uh, 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And uh, let's, let's begin at verse 10. Isaiah 55, we'll begin at verse 10. I just have 11 up there, but we'll begin at 10. The Lord says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. He goes on, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now notice, God's word is alive. God's word is empowered by God the Holy Spirit. And when God's people share God's word with people, God's word transforms lives. But you must be willing to share that word or to, to plant that seed, to sow the seed. You must be willing to do it. Now, if you've lived in Las Vegas for any length of time and if you've ever attempted to plant a plant or a tree or anything here in Las Vegas, there's something you discover about the soil. It is rock hard. Okay, I can remember first digging in our yard, you know, with a pick. Boom, and the pick would bounce back up. <laughs> oh, man. Working extra hard. Well, some people are like that. Some people are like that. Maybe... You were like that before you came to know the Lord. Not very pleasant. Oh, I tell you, try swinging a pick when it's 110 degrees outside and that thing won't, you know, penetrate the soil. Oh, my goodness. And some people are like that. But you know what? God loves them anyway. Some people are harsh. Some people are stingy, selfish, and cruel, and profane, and, and on and on and on. I shared on a Wednesday night a few years ago. Um, this was back when uh, uh, Brother Billy Graham was traveling and preaching. And this crusade had come to, to one of the towns and uh, as, uh, as he would do with, uh, with uh, the various towns and the churches in those towns, they would go in uh, in advance and they would put together teams and they would then send people out to invite people to come to the, uh, uh, to the crusades. And this man, he and his son, were, uh, they were handing out, you know, invitations. And uh, as they were walking down the street, there was a, uh, noticed a, a man, he was rather large, you know, and full of tattoos, and 
a scarf on his head and his motorcycle and the whole bit. And the dad, you know, he just kind of wanted to avoid the man, but the little boy ran over and, uh, and gave him one of those invitations. Well, he took the invitation, crumpled it up, and threw it in the street. So, you know, they just went on their way. Ah, oh, but that night, that night at that crusade meeting, when the invitation was given, as they were sitting in, in the audience, that little boy looked down and he saw that biker dude going forward to give his heart to the Lord Jesus. And just because they reject your invitation does not mean that God is through with them. You must be willing to share. God says his word will not return to him void. Back to, the, to this outline here. God calls us to be actively involved in ministry. To be actively involved. The results are in God's hands. All right? We're called to be faithful. We must serve him faithfully. But the results are in God's hands. And then, thirdly there, God cares for all people and can meet every need. Every need. Do you believe that? See, do you believe that God can heal? Do you believe that God can save? Do you believe that God answers prayer? Do you believe that God truly cares? And then lastly, whatever need you have, because we all have needs, Bring your need to Jesus. He cares for you. Peter says it like this. He says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Stop for a moment and think about it. Jesus, the creator of all that is in existence, knows you. He put it this way. The very hairs of our head are numbered. Some of us have a few more left than others. But, okay? But he went on to say, not one hair, not one hair right, falls from your head, but that God the Father knows. That, that's beyond us. He even said that, that not even a bird, right, not one sparrow falls from the sky, but that God the Father knows. God knows. He knows the struggle of your life. He knows the struggle of your neighbor's life. He knows everything that is going on. And he wants us to know that he cares, that he knows. And he is able to turn things around. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. The invitation is God's invitation to you to take the word, to take his truth, to take his love, and to internalize it. To devote your life to him. To allow him to transform you. And to use you. Say, what, what, what can I do? I, you know, I'm 75 years old. I'm 82. I'm about to turn 90. And, oh, 
you can do tremendously. Now, how old was Moses when God called him? He was 80. He was 80 years old when God called him, and he did his finest work during the next 40 years because he lived to be 120. Imagine that. What about Abraham? I've been reading, you know, there in the book of Genesis. Well, he had a son at 100 years old. Good night. A hundred years old. And you may not realize this, but you know, in the book of Genesis, after Sarah passed away, Abraham got married again, and he had more kids. Yeah. God blessed Abraham. And guess what? He's able to bless you too. You can pray for people. You can pray for people. You can call people on the phone. Here's something else that you can do, and, and many of you do this, and it's a great thing that you do. You send cards to people in the, in the mail. See, because most people are doing this, right? Or the kids are doing this on the phone. And have you noticed this generation if you call them, they don't answer the phone. But boy, if you send them a text, boom, right back. They get right back to you. Our grandson uh, is uh, in school, and, and so uh, he had graduated from high school, sent him a card, so he <laughs> wanted to know if he had received it. And uh, so he sends back a, a text. He says, well, when I get home, I'll check. And I'm thinking, well, you know, we sent that thing. <laughs> so I sent him another question. I said, so, uh, you know, he said, I'll have to check the mail. That's what I was I said, well, how often do you check your mail? He said, once in two weeks. <laughs> I said, once every two weeks. My goodness. He said, okay, it's probably in their mail or somewhere. But there's so much that you can do for, for God. You can serve on a committee. You know, we have several committees. And you're welcome to serve on those committees. We have the social committee. We have the missions committee. We have the Christian education committee. We have an outreach committee. We have a music and worship committee. All kinds of committees. You know, there's a committee that we need. We need, we need people to serve on this one. The prayer committee. Hallelujah. All right? We need people to serve on that committee. Well, let's stand and sing. Just as I am. Just as I am. Come to the Lord just as you are. And he will change your life. You come to him as we sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. 
Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.